Hey, welcome back to the TNT Podcast. Coach Holmes, your host Jonathan, going to get into it. We are already in week nine. This will be the last game of October. Some high schools are finishing up. Anyway, the bad high schools. No, I'm kidding with you, Coach Holmes. We'll jump right into it. Moving my pen around. Week eight. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about this. Arkansas Pine Bluff, big in-state rivalry. They go in to Fayetteville. Arkansas hangs 45 on them, 45-3. I think it was a really good uh, way for Arkansas to get back refocused. Maybe the hottest team in football in September. Then they take three straight losses to SEC rivals. Hate to see it. They get a win before a bye. And then looking at the reigning schedule, you know, they got Miss State. That could be a win. LSU, that will probably be a win. Bama, probably not, but definitely could beat Mizzou. Eight and four. Cody Holmes and company would be electric. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Arkansas fans looking for a way to build the program up and for Sam Pittman to do what he did last year, but this year to do even better. From the ashes. Yeah, from the ashes. I mean, it was bad. A phoenix. Hog will rise. It will. But looking at this game, you know, Arkansas coming in, KJ Jefferson taking care of business, getting back hot again with four touchdowns. They looked very crisp, and it was a great way to win and get a win in October for the Hogs. Going into November, a bye week, get rested up. Then you got a heavy four game SEC slate where you got a Mississippi State team that you can beat, an LSU team on. You know, on the downfall, Alabama and Mizzou. I mean, you're looking at winning three of those four games and finishing with an eight-win season, maybe a top 25 finish. And if Sam Pittman can get them to a bowl game of a good caliber size and win it, that's something big for Arkansas that they haven't had in a long time. And that's a way to get recruits in here, a way to get that team rising again. Yeah, like you said, K.J. Jefferson looked really good. He threw four touchdown passes in that game. He looked a little shaken against Georgia, a little shaken. Um, not really shaken against Ole Miss, but shaken against Auburn. Not, wouldn't say it affected him, but he just didn't look like he was playing to his potential. But I agree. They beat uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff 45-3, get that momentum, take the week off, and then, like you said, probably could go 3-1 and one in this last month. Uh, moving on, LSU goes into Ole Miss. LSU, the roller coaster. They look like garbage one week. And then they beat a Florida they're not supposed to. Then they go back to looking like garbage. I, I think Ole Miss is just a better caliber team. They've got a coach that's going to be there for a couple of years. Uh, Eli Manning's, you know, a lot of emotions on that day for Ole Miss. Just look like LSU could never really get started. No. And I'm with you. LSU is a roller coaster right now, but you could tell this team at the start, I thought they were going to show out for Edo and start to rise and do everything they're supposed to. And and then just the one sign of failure, and they folded. And you could see it. Guys missing tackles, not running full speed to the ball. Again, I think they're just ready for the season to be done again. Maybe get to a small bowl game like a Birmingham Bowl or a – Texas Bowl, something like that. But Ole Miss, you know, Eli Manning Day coming out in the Sissy Blues. Yeah. Uh, they let Ed, 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 Ed O know it ever since the UCLA game. But 
what a way to rise. You know, didn't start off great offensively, but then coming in, Matt Crell doing his job. But the run game is what solidified this win. And I tell you what, this is the first time I've seen Ole Miss's defense show up and show up against not a great LSU offense, but a team that has come in and gotten better defensively, I think, each week. You know, Arkansas, they gave up 51 points. But then you started to see them kind of get better throughout the week. But playing an LSU team that's talented and holding them 17 points, and they couldn't get anything going in the second half. So defense, I think, wins this game for Ole Miss for the first time in the Lane Kiffin era. Yeah, I think you're right. I think LSU still has some star power. I mean, Edo still had, like, great recruiting classes for his football team and for his girlfriends. But I think, you know, LSU just – they don't – they don't really care anymore. They're just trying to get through the semester. You, you just don't see the fire in them. You don't. And so, like, by association, I, I'd have to say Florida. What's going on over there? <sighs> I mean, they were in Atlanta. You know, they beat Georgia. You know, I thought Georgia was going to go to Atlanta for how many ever years mm-hmm. straight in a row. And then then Florida, they lose to a Kentucky um, early this season, and now they lose to a bad LSU. I just – Man, I think Florida's trending down. And I think if Florida and Tennessee were playing this weekend, I'd put Tennessee up there. Oh, yeah. I, I could see that. Tennessee, a little bit better, and we'll get into them about their game in a minute. But over there in Gainesville, Dan Mullen just doesn't seem like he, he's doing the same stuff he did at Mississippi State. Like, he's going to have a season or two where it's like, man, Mississippi State could, could do it great and be great. And – then he's like, well, if I was at a bigger school, well, you're at the bigger school now. Yeah. And it looks like we're seeing the same stuff from Florida where we'll get into an SEC championship game and lose it or or, or just do something out of the East. Uh, and, again, the last East team to win it was Georgia when they went to the playoffs, play Alabama, and lost to them in the playoffs. So, again, we're, we're seeing not kind of a trend – to Florida, we're starting to see a Kentucky rise and a Georgia be unstoppable right now. So the East has got to show out for for many reasons. The West has just got great teams around it. Maybe, you know, when the two teams get added, we start to move some teams around, making better football. Yeah. Well, moving on, uh, Mississippi State, big win in Nashville. Silence the crowd of a 1,000. <laughs> Forty-five to six, it just—that's just to me—that's the representation of how lopsided we've gone with these divisions. Like Mississippi State, I'm not saying right now because right now they're fifth in the in the standings, but typically they're finishing last in the in the West. Uh-huh. And Vandy typically finished last, and now you get Mississippi State just beating up on them. I mean, Will Rogers threw for fifty-seven times. <laughs> Yeah, 384 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, I don't think Vandy – Vandy never had a chance, maybe a little bit in the second quarter when they hit that field goal to, you know, cut the lead down to 10-3, to but then they score a touchdown and just go on from that. So I think it's a big win for Mississippi State. They're playing rival Kentucky this coming up week. And, you know, Mike Leach and the boys are getting a little mo. Yeah, yeah, a little momentum going. It's always good to win SEC, you know, a game in, in, in the SEC. But 
the air raid works great if your team is better talented. And Mississippi State played a team that they were much talented than. And that's why you're seeing the score as good as it was. I've always believed Mississippi State doesn't have a bad defense, but there's so much clock left up there that when you play teams that are talented than you, you're not going to be very good defensively. So seeing a Vandy team that's not that great playing a Mississippi State team that's pretty average in the SEC, you're going to see a score like this, 45-6. to Will Rogers just doing what Will Rogers does. After taking a beating against Alabama, coming in and still lighting it up, that's big for the Mississippi State program. And looking at them, they you know they got a little stretch going. They're Kentucky, they got Arkansas, Auburn. They got to find two wins in there to get bowl eligible. Uh, I think they can get a Tennessee State, but uh, to win in the either the Egg Bowl or against Kentucky or Arkansas, that would be huge for that program to just get to a bowl game. I think they could maybe maybe squeak one out. I, I could see it. Um, I think I, Kentucky and Arkansas, you got to like your your chances. Your ch- there, it's at home a little bit, you know. Arkansas's away, Auburn's away. It's gonna be a little tough. You get the, you get the egg ball at home though. And, and that game, you just don't. In know that game, you happen. never know who's gonna win. Right. Uh, so it's usually the team that needs that win to get bowl eligible. They find a way to win that game. So that could be it for them. Is uh, Vandy officially not a football school? Uh, I, you know, I think they're a great chess program school. They're a good baseball program. Yeah, and baseball's great. I mean, Dansby Swanson came from there, playing in the World Series tonight. So, well, well but football, they got to find a way. And a way to get better recruits and better players. they got to build a program, which is what I think. I think Clark Lee understands that. they got to, like – I think that's what uh, old Franklin did pretty good mm-hmm. when he was there. He, is he built a program, stories about him going around to fraternity houses and, and getting other sporting events and like, hey, come on, come support our team. It was creating a culture, you know, Coach, Coach Jay Cutler, and they had a pretty good team when they had Cutler. Right. It reminds me of Bill Snyder at Kansas State. Remember, nobody used to go to those games. Mm-hmm. When in Kansas State, if – Well, I don't remember. I think Bill Snyder has been there forever or was there forever. He got there in the 90s. Hmm. But – when Bill Snyder got there, he was a guy that took a program that had worse attendance than we're seeing at Vandy, and he would just give he'd he'd give like a hundred tickets to each player and said all hundred tickets have to get away, and they have to give them to people, and then people would start coming to the games. Maybe this is something Vandy does. They got to get people in the stands because if I'm a recruit, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great it's in the SEC, but. It's in Nashville, though. It's, it's, like a, a, it's in a great – It's like, in a great area. Yeah. I, I don't understand and how you can't recruit that. And I know James Franken recruited it, but you got to go out of your way to recruit it and get people to the games and people to Nashville. I mean, it's a great area, good school. You're going to get a great education. If you graduate there, you're going to leave with six figures just out of your first job probably. So why not go do something great? And maybe Clark Lee can do that. Maybe I think the they play they got Mizzou this weekend at home. I mean another opportunity for them to win. I think this is their last chance to get an SEC win. Uh, they have to play Vandy, Ole Miss, and Tennessee to round it out. And I think all three of those teams are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the Vanderbilt Tennessee rivalry is a rivalry really. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee should beat them pretty good. Uh, we'll move on to the third Saturday in October, Tennessee at Bama was a bit of a game 
Nick Saban had to come out to the numbers and threaten them. Mm. Bama goes on to win 52-24. You know, I set my power rankings out there, and, you know, I had a Tennessee fan comment, like, Tennessee's better than this at, at spot 10. I got them at 10, and I'm like, I'm not out here throwing consolation prizes. You look good against Ole Miss, but you lost. Uh-huh. You look good against Alabama, but you lost. Right. You got two wins right now against South Carolina and Mizzou. Now, I think they're a better team than Florida now. I think they're I, – I could say they're probably fourth in the East. But you got you got to win games. You know, right. I think Tennessee fans are just ready for them to be good again and they're starting to jump the gun. And, and I'll give this for Tennessee. They threw a couple haymakers that game and, and it landed. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple big shots. And, and it, for those that didn't watch the game, it was close to about the fourth quarter. Um, a lot of Bama fans were getting nervous, saving, coming out, threatening them, getting this, but – Again, you know, cigar shops making a lot of money annually for this game for about 15 years now in Alabama. And um, Tennessee, for Josh Heifel, I was very impressed on how well this game was coached. But they didn't finish. They shot themselves in the foot so many times uh, with that, you know, no huddle, hurry up offense. That guys weren't getting set. You know, they were lined up wrong. We had illegal procedures. Motions were moving wrong. That – it was kind of like they were going too fast, yeah, and it and it hurt them. And again, when you're playing a team like Alabama, you haven't beaten 15 years. A lot of excitement comes in. You want to be the team to do it. You want to go out there and win. And but again, you, you got to keep it under control. If you're able to do that, you, I feel like Tennessee would be better. Maybe that's something they learn for next year. They're going to have a good amount of kids come back next year. And it'll be in Knoxville. So if the thing for Tennessee is they got to finish out with a positive season, get into a bowl game, which is very easily – I could see they got Kentucky left, they got South Alabama, Georgia, and Vandy. I, I can see two wins in there, which would be big. Um, maybe they surprise a Kentucky team. I don't see it. But for Tennessee, what would be good for Heifel is to beat Kentucky. Yeah. That would be huge for them. And maybe compete against Georgia. I, I don't think they can. No. But that would be big for the volunteers to see what they could do as a program. And Heifel as a head coach, he's, he's done some impressive things I didn't think he would do already. Right. But with Hooker, Hooker's getting better as a quarterback, transfer from Virginia Tech, and they're starting to connect as a team. So – for Tennessee fans, you know, yeah, take take your ride maybe one, two more years, but I can see Tennessee on the rise coming. Yeah, I think the Kentucky game will show a lot. Um, we'll preview that later. But they get a bye week, and they're 4-4, four and four, and, it, you know, you got your last four games. Like, how do you want to finish this last third of the season? Uh, but I think Tennessee looked good and definitely didn't slay the giant, but he's a little bruised up, you know, Bama, like you said, keep smoking those cigars. They had to, they had to figure it out in the fourth quarter, though. You know, like you said, it was a close game for the first three quarters, and uh, they fi- eventually ride away. Uh, Bama gets a bye week here, and uh, we'll be looking forward to finishing out the season. Hopefully, securing the West, going to Atlanta. You know, they're number three team. You know, they lost to Texas A and M, but very much still on the hunt. They're going to play a lousy LSU, New Mexico State. We'll see what Arkansas looks like then, and you know, the Iron Bowl, and all four of those games 
I'm sure they're favored in. The last one's going to be tough, mm-hmm. but it always is. Uh, moving on, USC is not doing well. And, I mean, they are just a step above Vandy. They almost lost to Vandy. You remember that? <laughs> Man, again, with South Carolina – they played the best part of their season already, you know, playing Eastern Illinois, East Carolina, getting bulldozed by Georgia. Uh, played Kentucky close. That that was pretty good for them. I'll give them that. And beating, barely beating Troy, got smoked by Tennessee, beating Vandy by one point. Um, but I'm starting to see what I've told everybody we're going to see now is when they start to play the teams that are better than them, you're, you're starting to see a lot of – not success uh, against you know Texas A&M at halftime. It was thirty-one nothing. I mean, it was it was ugly. Um, so you know, Kazada looking better, uh, still making the same mistakes that I've seen him make, but he's making less of them. Um, Twelve for twenty-four with one hundred eighty-seven yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Zeb Nolan, kind of surprised he didn't play a lot in this game. Didn't see a lot of him in it. Mm-mm. Um, and, and which I don't understand. I mean, I get that. I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to build something. You know, Zeb's not going to be there much. But he's a coach. He is a coach. Uh, but I, I just, I just don't see it. What they, they're so in love with this Jason Brown kid. You know, I know he's a senior, but I think Zeb Nolan's better than him. Well, they had, they had Doty, but he's gone out. Yeah. Uh, but man, I you know I'm being a little optimistic on the South Carolina side. They're four and four with a new coach, and Florida team. This Florida team ain't that great. No, they, they probably gonna get beat up by Georgia. Georgia. Real good. I mean, and and here's the thing about it, if you look at it, they gotta beat Florida and they gotta beat Mizzou to be bowl eligible. If Beamer can get bowl eligible, no, I'm gonna stop you right there. I don't think it'll happen. But but you, that's not what I'm gonna say. What? If they beat Clemson, they're going to throw out the schedule. Oh, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, I agree. I mean, if they beat Clemson, season made. And, and you know what? And here's a prediction. I think if they beat Clemson, I think Virginia Tech comes knocking. Because Fuente is going to be out. Mm. And, you know, his dad was at Virginia Tech forever. And he was around that program forever. You think Beamer leaves after one I year? I think if he gets a job opportunity at Virginia Tech, do you want to take? But would you want to take over your dad's program? Yeah, I think you would. You think so? I think. I mean, I think Virginia Tech. I think the people would be behind them. They haven't been a good team since a Beamer was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, I think Beamers. You know, South Carolina wasn't bad when they had Muschamp, but they weren't good either. I think Beamers got them in the right direction. I mean, they played Kentucky really well. So my question is, if Beamer leaves. To Virginia Tech. Goes back, takes over Daddy's team. Daddy helps him. Yeah. Which I think would be a dream matchup. Oh, yeah. That's what the that's what the Hokies want. Who does South Carolina go and get? Uh, whoever. They can't go. They're not going to get a home run hire. They're probably like just ballpark guests. They're probably like number 45 as far as college football coach. Yeah. Because in-state rival, you're the but lesser school. You got to look at where the location is. Not a bad, not a bad location near the beach. In South I'm not worried about that. Well, SEC East is a lot easier to coach in, right? Who could I see go to South Carolina? Say if that's 
if we're going down this rabbit hole, who could I see them get? Man, I don't would they don't go? Know. Would they go get? You know, maybe Gus Malzahn from UCF, or would they go get a Tony Elliott from Clemson? No, Gus Malzahn's going to Tennessee. <laughs> no, no he's not. I could see. Yeah, I could see them throw some money at Gus. I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know what they're because it seems like South Carolina with all their hires mm-hmm. recently. Let's just talk about in the last twenty well, years, Lou Holtz. Yeah. Passed old, it, passed old, his, old, past his prime. Yeah. Then they get uh, Steve Spurrier past his prime. But he did good things for that program. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was fully past his prime, but it was at the end of his prime. He wasn't 90s Florida, Steve Spurrier. No. I mean, but he got South Carolina in the top 10 and to the SEC championship. I'm game. not saying they're bad. I'm just saying the, there's a pattern. Right. So they go old, old, and they're like, let's try. Young, young. No, they're like, let's try broken coach. <laughs> So they go get Muschamp. They're like, oh, Florida's broken toy. We like playing with that. You yeah. know, they're like, you know, he's pretty good. And then they go get – now they're like, let's actually build a program. Let's get a young guy that's never coached before, and let's see how he does. And, man, I think, like, they're hiring. Like They'd be like, what do we do now if this young guy leaves? They're like, are we just a stepping stone? Are we a retirement home? Are we for a, a home for broken toys? And I think if they hired Gus Malzahn, oh, broken coach. Yeah, I mean – I agree with you. I think Gus is out of his prom, too. I mean, he's at UCF. Eating at a Waffle House. Eating at a week. Waffle House and going to Disney World every day with his and grandkids. And playing golf. Yeah. In 70-degree weather year-round. Man, if I was Gus, I wouldn't leave. No, <laughs> I would not leave. I wouldn't leave. I'm sure there's a, com- like a, you know, as a competitor, you're like, man, I want to move up. And I'm sure there's some spot- parts of uh, Gus being like, I want to prove the haters wrong. Could you see, like... Um, Somebody I'm thinking of is like if he didn't go to LSU, Joe Brady. I mean, I think yeah, I think I mean, LSU is going to get Joe Brady. They're going to at least offer him. Well, they're talking about James Franklin. <sighs> Which why would you leave Penn State? We'll talk about that. Later. Okay, all right. But uh, yeah, but now they like you said, Calzada doing well. Tamu's getting a little uh, more momentum. You know, they look real bad. They almost lost to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh. Let's pull up their schedule. They lost to Miss State, Arkansas. Lost to Arkansas and Dallas. They just barely looked, beat Mizzou. I mean, I mean, no, I wouldn't like, say barely. I mean, thirty-five, fourteen. They look like a, a team that was lost. Like, and at one point, I uh, dubbed them as the worst SEC West team. Yeah, but it looks like they're starting to pick up. They get a bye week, and then they're going to play an Auburn team at home. At home, which you know. is big. And then they got Ole Miss. At think, Ole Miss, you know, I think Atlanta's out of the question, but. You know, if they can, if they can win out, you're looking at New Year's Six Bowl. Oh yeah, and and you're probably like, it might well, be number six, number seven well, in the look, nation. Well, look at this. You know, you're looking at, you know, you're gonna have some teams in front of you lose this week. They might be maybe go up a little bit in rankings. Yeah. Then you beat Auburn, then you beat Ole Miss, and then you beat you know Prairie View and LSU. You're looking at maybe some of the teams that are playing each other. You're looking at maybe another top five finish and you're like man if we didn't blow away those those first two the easiest two in yeah. my opinion yeah well LSU's gonna be probably pretty well it's in this it's at the bottom tier but you know what though I can see Coach O being like this is my last game as LSU coach I'm just gonna <laughs> beat them <laughs> and it's at LSU I mean 56 nothing yeah it's just you look at the, how they've done you know losing to Arkansas 
losing to Mississippi State, you're like, oh, they're I'm gonna like, be trash. Yeah, they're garbage. And then and they like, then they beat like, Alabama, and it's like the whole the ship giant, is yeah. turned around. And they so. slay the giant. But yeah, I mean, what a great way they set up the schedule. I mean, I know these are predetermined, but like you beat Alabama, and then you got some momentum, then you could beat Mizzou, and then you beat another bad South Carolina team. I'm sure they feel like they can beat anybody right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, they get a bye week. You know, I th- do you think that bye week kind of hurts them because they built up this moment? I think it's at the right time. Um, again, getting Calzada prepared against a, not a great Auburn defense, but a good Auburn defense, and then getting ready for an Ole Miss team. I mean, I think this bye week came at the perfect time for them because you're going to play two, you know, ranked SEC opponents where you're battling for number two right now. And normally the number two ends up going to a New Year's Six Bowl, and that brings in a lot of money for the university. Um, Jimbo Fisher trying to get recruits, show them that, look, you know, we slipped, but we didn't fall. Yeah. So that that's going to be big for the program. We'll see what happens next week. So, um, yeah, with the momentum going, but sometimes it's good to come back to reality and get rebuilt, get rested up, and get going. All right. So we've still got only six in the top 25. Georgia 1, Bama 3, Ole Miss 10, Kentucky 12, Texas A&M 14, and Auburn is at 18. Let's talk about these games this coming up week. We've only got four again, and then come next month we'll be full slate. But as we round out October – Mizzou goes into Vandy. Mizzou, 16-point favorites. I think if uh, Mizzou doesn't beat them, Eli Drank quits. Maybe not fired. Hot seat. Hot seat. I, they'll give him one more year, I think, just because, again, he had a COVID year. He had to go get recruits. Didn't do bad during the COVID year. No. I mean, if you told me, I think the team last year was a lot better than the team this year. So... But I, I think Mizzou will take care of business. Their defense is just despicable. It is. But, you know, for Vandy, they got to find a way to win an SEC game, and this is a good chance of any to win one. Yeah. Um, you, you kind of slipped against South Carolina defensively. It's at home, too. And it is at Great home. opportunity. It's in and now, if they, they could get a crowd there, <laughs> maybe it might impact Maybe the it game. might impact the game. You never know. So they, they got to find a way to get a crowd there. I'm hitting every bar and every uh, fraternity and sorority house, finding a way to get everybody there. Yeah, maybe even some Titans fans might show up. Uh, so who, who do you think is going to get this one? I think I think Mizzou is going to get. I'm going to go with Mizzou, but I'm going to go kind of with the under. I think they win by 14. Okay. Cocktail party, mm. 2:30 CBS, Georgia versus Florida in Jacksonville. George is only 14-point favorites. I'm taking over. Oh, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think it will be close in the first quarter. I think it will be like a 7 nothing or a 10 nothing. Florida will get some momentum. Again, they played Bama close, and this is the cocktail party. they got nothing else to play for, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Florida's going to be swinging up. Like uppercuts. This is this is their season. Right. This is it right here. If you can beat Georgia, that'd be huge. But I don't see it happening. I think the dogs will come in. I think it's going to be a blowout. I can see it being forty-four three. I don't think Florida scores a touchdown. Man, I think uh, I think Kirby doesn't like Auburn. 
I think he hates Georgia Tech, but he despises Florida. Florida. He hates Florida. I can see him. I can see him run up the score on this one. Yeah, uh, that, rub their nose in it. Forty-four-three. That's why I think it's going to happen. I think Stinson Bennett's going to show out uh, like he's been doing for the rest of the year. I think they'll take a couple big shots downfield. I just don't. The I think the first sign of struggle or trouble for Florida, mm-hmm. they're going to fold. Man, Stetson Bennett, this was like the game. It was like, this guy is not our guy last year. And I think he definitely has a little revenge mentality. I think he wants to be able to say, you know, hey, I was the one that beat Florida in 2021. Get a little revenge for himself. Yeah, you know, just redeem himself. And uh, I think if you're wearing red and black down in Jacksonville, it's going to be a good weekend. If you're wearing blue and orange, stay at the house. I'd be surprised if I see a little blue and orange over there. To be oh, they sh- they'll show up. But I, they'll be intoxicated and <laughs> won't be able to remember anything. But All right, moving on. Ole Miss is, goes into Auburn. Auburn, 18. Ole Miss, 10. Giving Auburn the edge. Negative three points. This one's a toss-up for me. Uh I think it's – I can't tell what it's going to be. I can't tell if it's going to be a defensive shootout or it's going to be an offensive shootout. Um, I, both teams are rising. Um, this is – I think this game is going to decide number two in the West for the SEC. Um, and I could see the uh, – you know, whoever wins this game wins out. But, um, you know, with it being at Auburn, a night game, this is usually played very well last year. Ole Miss almost got by with it and almost won this game. They haven't won, I think, in six years against the Tigers. It's It's been a long time. Who was the quarterback for Ole Miss? Last time they won? It was in Auburn. It was in Auburn? I'm going to go Bo Wallace. No, Swag Kelly, 2015. Really? Yep. Beat him in Auburn in 2015. Wow. Um, I know this. There's always been a lot of close games. You know, ones of recent memory. You know, Matt Luke gets mad about the uh, maybe a missed call there in Auburn on mm-hmm. that cold night, 2020. You know, Lane Kiffin says the guy touched it on the uh, kickoff, meaning it should have been a safety with the Rebs being having the ball. I think I think Kiffin wants to win. The, I think Auburn is like a big step for Ole Miss as a program because Auburn traditionally has been better. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Kiffin wants to cement himself as you know the two or three spot in the SEC West, I think this is a must win. It's going to be tough. It's at night. It's in Jordan Hare, and like you said, Auburn's trending in the right way. They got a really good win against Arkansas. They've had a week off to prepare. But I, I'm with you. I think uh, I could see it being high score, and I could also see it being a defensive struggle. This this is a game just too hard to decide. Like both teams, I think are equal, and. This is going to be a Matt Corral game where you prove you're the Heisman Trophy winner. So uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss by. I think they'll win by three. I can see it be. I think it'll be twenty. I think it'll be twenty-four, twenty-one. Okay. I think I'm going to take the Auburn Tigers with it being at home. I think uh, Ole Miss's defense just can't stop them. I think Auburn starts clicking. Uh, I think they have a defensive recipe. You know, get that defensive line after Matt. Corral, I think Zacoby McClain spies him most of the game. Maybe, you know, keep your keep your helmet away from his head now. Yeah. <laughs> Might get ejected for, what, the third time? Oh, my gosh. Uh, don't know if Owen Popo is going to be And that's in the another game. thing. If, if Popo could end up being in this game, that would be huge for the Tigers. Yeah. Um, again, I mean, he was like a preseason All-SEC linebacker. I think he was an All-American second or third team. 
but he's a he's a guy that has been huge for the defense for the Tigers and hadn't been here pretty much all year. Um, I think last well, he didn't. I think last game he played was the one before Penn State. Yeah, and he hadn't played any SEC games, so to get him for this would be huge. Yeah, but uh, this is a this is a statement game for Harson too. Like winning at Arkansas was great, but you got to win some at home. They haven't looked great at home, in my opinion. You know, barely beating Georgia State. Bad look. Bad look against Georgia. Um, you you got to win this one at home. You got to put your home crowd in favor. And and Jordan Hare's a place where at home they can be dangerous. It's true. So a little scenario here. Uh, there are implications to this game. So just historically speaking, if you get two conference losses, you can kiss Atlanta goodbye. So sorry for all you A&M, LSU, <coughs> State, and Arkansas fans. Ole Miss, Alabama, and Auburn all have one loss right now. So if Ole Miss is to beat Auburn, then they would be rooting for Auburn to be, win the Iron Bowl. To win the Iron Bowl, and they would go to the SEC. And they would go to the SEC. <laughs> if Auburn beats Ole Miss, then you, you went out and you beat Bama. You go to the SEC. So that'd be huge, man. Big, these big implications. Yeah, big for implications game. for this game. This could turn. Both Auburn and Ole Miss could turn the, a good season into a great season with a win here. Uh, the last game, which, you know, I hate that they're at the same time because this is always a sneaky good game. Kentucky goes to Starkville, only one-point favorite against the Bulldogs. Wow. Kentucky is the second-best team in the East as it stands, and Mississippi State is the fifth-best. Haven't played out the rest of the schedule. That's crazy just, like I said earlier, how lopsided the it's SEC become. Is, yeah. I think they just need to tear down the wall. Uh, I don't I don't know who wins this game. I th- because they're two totally different offenses. You get Kentucky who wants to run the ball, get a little play action, get it to uh, waste some clock, and then you got the air raid of Miss State where we're gonna throw it a million times against you. I think Mississippi State's got the better defense. I would I if you told me the Mississippi State Bulldogs win this game, I would not be surprised. I wouldn't either, and that would be huge for Mike Leach right here, and for them to become bowl eligible. This is a kind of a win they need right here. But um, Leach always finds a way, man, to to win some games he's not supposed to. He's already done it this year, beating Texas A and M at Texas A and M um, in Starkville. This would be huge for the Bulldogs right here. But I agree, you got a running team versus a throwing team, and when there's time left on that clock. Throwing team sometimes finds a way to stay in favor of this game, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Mississippi State right here. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you. I like Mississippi State at home. It's at night. Calabells will be going. Just beat Vandy. You know, Mike Leach is gonna be talking about his favorite Halloween candy all day. Mm. I mean, they, I'm not gonna lie; they love that dude. I mean, just for the interviews. <sighs> Who wouldn't? Um, I love this comment about candy corn. Worst Halloween candy ever. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> it is not good, in my opinion. I, I think at the end it. of this season, we need to rank like best interviewers. Oh, that would be fun. I think Mike Leach might be one. Jimbo's a pretty good one. I think Nick Saban. Nick Saban. I, I would go. I would go Saban. I would go Saban three. I think Kiffin two. Kiffin's a good. I one. think Miss. I think the state of Mississippi's got one and two. But. But also, like on the flip side, you know, Harson, they're pretty boring. <laughs> they're, they're boring, but they're kind of intense guys. Like yeah. they, they don't like to say much. They're like, so you got up at six oh one? Why couldn't you get up at six o'clock? 
bucket and you brush your teeth one right. earlier. And when you take those minutes and you build them up, now you've gotten you're not as good. You're 30 minutes less than what you could be, and you're like, dude, I don't want to talk. About that was this. pretty good Harson interview right? right there. And then, uh, and then Leach is like, we're thinking about Ed O. I mean, he's about to be out. I mean, do we still rank him this year? Oh yeah, I would definitely rank him. Uh, but that won't be our rankings to finish this off. We did quarterbacks. We did running backs. We're going to move on to receivers. Number one, I'm going with the big guy. Well, you want to start at 10 or 1? Let's go with 1. That's fine. Let's do 1. Big yeah. guy, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Oh, for sure. Man, this Man. that dude is a freak. I think he'll be one of the first receivers off the board in the NFL draft. I mean, it definitely makes K.J. Jefferson's so much better. job a lot easier. Uh, he's leading the conference right now with uh, 717 yards. Definitely going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. Maybe one of the all-time greats. Mm-hmm. Love his route running. He's a big receiver. He's able to make his cuts. Get open. I mean, he finds space. And K.J. Jefferson and him just connect. And even if he's covered, he's not covered. Right. Opinion, I'm, you're going to have to, being a former college receiver, you're going to have to give some good input on this. Okay. When we move to uh, – you know, special teams and H back. Well, I'll I'll put my two cents. Look forward to it. <laughs> uh, number two transfer out of Ohio State. Got to give it to Jamison Williams. He's not fast. He's super fast. He's super fast. Like this guy right here. If if it wasn't for Burke at Arkansas, this guy reminds me a lot of Henry Ruggs. He he's a guy who catches it and just makes space. Uh, I remember watching him against Mississippi State catching a twelve yard curl. And going seventy five yards to the house untouched. Yeah, he's so fast. He's quick. Um, I, I agree. This should be number two right here, and I'm pretty sure I know who number three is, and it's going to be on the other side of the ball at Alabama. Yeah, it's going to be John Mechie. It's like, dude, the tattooer man. I mean, Florida intercepting a ball, and he K's at KOs a guy. I mean, that's a guy who he's a hard hitter. He runs routes great. He's a guy that. Again, like Williams on the other side, finds open space. But he's not as fast. And that's what that, that's the downfall of it. Oh, this guy's just a, a little bit faster than me. But he's the same way. He catches it, he finds space, and he gets open. It's crazy. It's like Alabama's just had a slew. Like what was like when Saban first got there, they were like probably like linebacker you. Then they had running back you with uh, – It's Ingram. receiver you now. And then that quarterback you with this. I don't even think it's quarterback you. I think the receiver. Look at the receivers they've had with those guys. Look yeah. at them. They're some of the best receivers in the NFL right now. I don't even think it's quarterback you. That's receiver like, you. Like Well, time. LSU, though, they've got some good players. Like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I mean, just great. Landry, OBJ. I mean, yeah, but you're looking at Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. Um, oh, I'm having a brain fart right now. Julio. Julio. Ridley. Ridley. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Yeah, they might be receiver year now. I mean, look at them. You're looking at six of guys in, in NFL teams that, that that's their top receivers right now. Number four, Dontario Drummond. I mean, Ole Miss receiver. I like him. He's no A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf, but he's a guy okay, that – D.K. Metcalf is like just – A freak. Like a house that grew legs, decided to walk around and <laughs> turn into a human. He he is. Uh, Drummond Drummond's a guy that will go up and get the ball. He, he's he's a great receiver, big, not as fast as the other guys, but he's he's a go getter. He's a deep ball threat where the ball's hanging in there. I'm gonna go fight for it and get it. 
Number five, transfer from Nebraska, Wandell Robinson. I mean, whenever the when you know when Sm- you know when Smoke's not getting the ball or Rodriguez isn't getting the ball at Kentucky, Levis is play action and he's hitting Wandell. And, and they connect so well. Uh, he's a great post route guy. His post patterns are crisp. They're very clean. But he's a guy that, again, under good DBs, he's not the best. Well, they probably like favor him. They probably shade a safety over on him. And they do, and and you can see it. And he kind of struggles in that area. Now, when he's one on one, he's he's really really good. But uh, I, I agree with this. Right now, you know, coming out of Nebraska, getting in there, getting depth yeah. for Kentucky, and have, being that number one guy. And, and that's always big for them to have. And Kentucky hadn't had a QB wide receiver duo in a long time like they got right now. All right, number six is number six on the list, but number one for name, Kayshawn Boutte. <laughs> uh, Booty out of LSU, man. This He's their best player. He is their best player. and it's On so, the offensive side. And I don't think he's got a quarterback that gives Max him Johnson's, the talent. He's pretty good. He's good. I, I don't think Max Johnson's as good as everybody says. He's not bad, but he's not good. Um, He's kind of that in-between. He hadn't hit the next stride. Now, um, I think they had T.J. Finley not transfer. I, I think he ends up being the starting quarterback for LSU and starting to see better things. But Booty, I won't be surprised if he goes as uh, – is, is he a sophomore or junior? I think he's a sophomore. Let me look, let me look it up. He okay. is a sophomore. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if he transferred. To Bama. To Bama. I could see him going to Bama. I could see him going to Georgia. Yeah. I could see him going to an old Miss. Um, With Auburn's receiving courts, he'd – Probably get a statue made out of him if you went there. Good night. That that's probably the worst receiving core in the SEC right it now. Is. is Auburn's. It's bad. They're not going to make my top ten. No, just letting. You that's know. fine. Doesn't surprise me. There's nobody there to make it. I think Bo Nix's best receivers are probably the DBs on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, Malik uh, or Micah Polk, out of Mississippi State. Well, I mean, Will Rogers' favorite target. Well, if you're an air raid and you're the favorite target, you're going to get the ball. Yeah. Like, what they throw? 57 ties? I don't think he's a free. I mean, he's a good SEC receiver, but, yeah, he's definitely the benefactor of the air raid offense. Right. So, he's a guy they just find to make catches and get them yards. Now, he's not a deep threat guy. I haven't seen him really do deep patterns. Mm. But when they run those outs, they run those sticks, they run the little slants. Yeah, he's a guy that will catch it in traffic. He's a great guy to get those short yard gains. But the deep threat for him is not big. But when you throw it to him 37 times a game – yeah, your yards are going to add up. Number eight, I got Will Shepard playing at Vanderbilt. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you only throw it 17 times and Ricky Seals Jones the only is, guy uh, to get it. No, that's not his name. When the, you know, when the Vandy quarterback throws it. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Snails? Seals. It is it is Seals. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I don't watch a lot of Vandy no, football. I don't, I don't either. And when I do flip it over, they're usually on defense, and then you get a <laughs> ball ran down their throat. <laughs> Sorry, Vandy Mike. Uh, moving on, you know, 9 and 10, both for the Vols. I, 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 I would tie them at 9 because, you know, Hooker likes both of them. But you got Velas Jones Jr. on one side and Cedric Tillman on the other. I like Tillman. You know, who, would you, who would you like better on your team? I think Tillman. I like Bigger guy. Bigger guy. A little bit fast, uh, you know, out of Nevada in Las Vegas. He is uh, – he's got one touchdown. But, 
Uh, he's got he had one touchdown against Bama. I'm sorry, and but he 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 had 152 yards receiving against a really good DB core in Bama. So he's a guy that goes out. He competes for the ball. He was a home run hitter against the Tide, which I haven't seen a home run hitter against Tide in really really long time. Yeah. So he's a guy that's got good speed. He can slip through the DBs. And he he catches it really good in traffic, so I would have to go Dil- Tillman over. Okay. Well, that finishes up our receivers. It's going to finish up our episode. Make sure you watch some football. I will be at a wedding, but my phone will be in my hand. <laughs> going to watch some football. We look forward to talking to y- with y'all on week ten. I'm actually going with a recruit to the Auburn Ole Miss game. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. So I'll I'll talk about a recruiting experience and everything on next podcast of what it went through and everything. Um, so stay tuned. Oh yeah, almost forgot. Shout out to Mister Holmes. If you need to move, Pink in Zebra Birmingham, in Birmingham area, Pink Zebra, Pink Zebra. Uh, probably the hottest moving company in Birmingham right now. Just got a bunch uh, of firefighters moving them. Yeah, you got a bunch of firefighters. Uh, they will actually pay for your dinner wow as for the moving process while you're getting moved in they take care of everything they put it where you want and they take care of your dinner that night uh if you got kids you'll get a for the boys you'll get a toy pink zebra truck and for the girls you'll get a stuffed zebra that's pretty cool that's 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 pretty good setup right there i think so if you're looking for a move uh pink zebra company in birmingham alabama will take care of your needs all right we'll see y'all next week